Tank Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. We have an all-star cast this week with Bill Carey of RoboForm, Daniel Aaron Dilger, returns after a long absence from Apple Insider, and Rob Peguerero from Yahoo Tech, Wiretree, and USA Today. All this on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> on this segment of the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be talking to Bill Carey. He's Vice President of Marketing for RoboForum. That's a company that makes a password manager. But the topic on the table is passwords and other ways of authenticating yourself. And the major question, Bill, uh, to bring to the table here is, we hear stories here that ultimately we won't need to use passwords. They'll read our eyes. They'll read our faces. We'll use our fingerprints. But typing in that password may be passe, or is it? You know, it's an interesting point. I've been hearing about that for about 10 years now. I've been working at CyberSystems for about 10 years. I still remember going to my first RSA conference about 10 years ago. And for those that don't know, RSA is a big tech conference where companies get to promote their newest and latest and greatest technologies. And I can remember going to this conference 10 years ago with people in the fingerprint readers and the retina scan saying, that's the end of passwords. You know, the passwords are going away. So much I heard this is that I actually started doubting myself, like, hmm, maybe password management isn't the uh, the right uh, field to be in right now. But I've been hearing about it for so long and having seen it and lived through it, I don't think passwords are going away anytime soon. There's definitely some drawbacks of using these biometric authentication methods like a fingerprint or a retina scan or a voice recognition that passwords just don't have those same inconveniences. In general, passwords are more convenient, they're easier to use, they're generally accepted. And so what I do think is that you're going to see a shift from just using one method of authenticating, you know, like passwords or one method of authenticating like fingerprints and instead seeing multi-factor, like more than one factor, more than one requirement to uh, log in. But it's a long way of answering that I don't think passwords are going away anytime soon, but I do think that there will be some changes in the way people do, you know, log into websites or applications. Let me ask you a few basic questions here because we have a wide range of listeners. Mm -hmm. We have two-factor authentication being used now. Would you explain right. to the listeners what that means for them and whether it's too complicated or not, which may be another factor? There are multiple factors, and factors are just ways or means of authentication. So the generally accepted kind of principle about factors or there's three different types of factors. One is something you know, like a password, a pin, or some kind of key, something you are, you know, your fingerprint, your eye, your retina, your voice, or something that you have, like a hardware token or a USB key or even a software token, like it's physically you have it on your computer. And so when you talk about multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication, it means that more than one of those types of factors are required for you to authenticate. So if I had to enter a password and swipe my fingerprint, that would be two-factor authentication. So that's that. those are the different types of factors that are out there. Generally, if you think about it, 
you know, it's proven over time because there's tons of stories about biometrics now getting hacked. Like people can hack fingerprints and retina scans and stuff like that. Any one factor is less secure than using more than one factor. So I don't care if it's your fingerprint to authenticate or a password to authenticate. Just using one of those isn't as secure as requiring two different factors. And that's why I think that's where the world is heading to use more than one. Most likely it's going to be a password and something else, but at least using more than one factor to authenticate. And when it comes to fingerprints, how do you fake that unless you cut somebody's fingers off? And I understand with Apple's Touch ID, you can't take a dead finger. No, no, no. There's actually other ways, you know, so your fingerprint has to get stored somewhere. So People, hackers have been able to hack into the storage of the fingerprint, get the long strings of ones and zeros and replicate that. And They so, have not been able to do that with Touch ID, though. No, not necessarily with Touch ID, but the Android, there was an Android fingerprint that's been hacked. There's a few different stories of hackers that have been able to bypass the fingerprint authentication. Now, with iOS, the way it works is there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a secure enclave, a chip level encryption that is supposedly unhackable. I mean, this gets back to the start of the problem that Apple's having with the FBI, mm-hmm. which is their stuff is encrypted and they have a technique which is, in the case of this particular iPhone 5C, involves a passcode where you have 10 attempts to get the right login after which it just deletes itself. In this case here, there is no way to crack that. You know, despite what Mr. McAfee says, (laughs) there's no way to do it. And that's why the court's saying Apple has to, and this is the big argument, build a backdoor to let them do it, come up with a new insecure version of iOS, basically, to hack that phone. In terms of Touch ID, as it stands now, nobody has been able to break into it because of the way Apple's doing it, which is... A problem, of course, maybe with Android where it's not as secure. But we understand the point that anything, there may be a way around it and it may be very elaborate, such as putting something on someone's fingers that would emulate a fingerprint, like creating almost a 3D thing like makeup that you stick on your finger and stick to it. So I suppose it is possible. The other question here is, what about facial recognition? I mean, can you put up a photo? And have it right. recognize your face? <clears throat> and, I, and I think you can. I, just going back to one thing that you said, because I think it's key. You know, you said it's not hackable as it stands now. And that's what I think the key to the whole conversation is. When these new technologies come out, they're all unhackable. They all say it can't be hacked. It's got the greatest security ever and until they're hacked. Then then it's hackable. So I would agree, as of now, it hasn't been hacked. But who's to tell that at some point there won't be a way to uh, hack it? Moving on to your next question, too, is I definitely think face scanners uh, will be hackable because eye scanners are hackable. So because digital cameras are so powerful now that if you took a picture of somebody's eye in high definition and then showed that picture, it can bypass the uh, authentication. So in other words, the authentication thinks that that picture of the eye is an actual picture of an eye. So if it works for an eye and there's documented cases of it working for a picture of an eye, then I definitely think you could take a picture, a high definition picture of a face and have it bypass the facial recognition as well. I suppose in theory it would be expensive. A retinal scan could basically send a light to the eye and see how it reflects as to whether it's a human eye 
or a fake, kind of mm-hmm. like what the eye doctor does when they examine your eyes? Right. That would be the next step in the process, right? So some of the more basic ones are getting hacked now. So the next step of the process would be to do something like you're doing. Like the security is always trying to stay a step ahead of the hackers and coming up with new methods and new technologies to stay away. Things that are, again, unhackable until they're hacked. But there's other ways too, right? So if you're going to store that information somewhere, perhaps there's a way to... It doesn't matter if you have a picture of an eye because you know how it's stored and you can get to where it's stored. You know how to crack the code to get into, you know, where it's stored. So there's a bunch of, you know, pretty smart people out there always trying to hack, you know, the the different uh, methodologies people are using to, you know, to authenticate all these new biometric uh, features that are out there. Let me remind our listeners, by the way, that last week on the Tech Night Out Live, we had an ethical hacker, Dr. Timothy Summers. From around your neck of the woods, he's in Maryland. And he has been among the people who learn how to do this. So he gave a lot of insight. So listen to last week's show about that. But I'm going to ask you our next segment before we go on to passwords and into the techniques of dealing with lots of passwords. I'm going to ask you your opinion of the Apple versus FBI conflict. We've got more to come on that subject. We've got Bill Carey of RoboForm. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is an important message to all listeners. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes to the IRS, the tax pros at OIC Tax want to help you. OIC Tax is dedicated to helping taxpayers just like you with their IRS problems. I owed a lot of money to the IRS. I was working long hours and weekends just to make ends meet. To make matters worse, the IRS was about to garnish my wages, and I needed to file several years of back tax returns. Then I called the tax professionals at OIC Tax. They stopped the IRS from garnishing my wages. They even placed my account into the IRS's financial hardship program so I don't have to make any payments to the IRS. That's right, no payments to the IRS while I'm in this program. Call OIC Tax today to see if you qualify for the IRS's hardship program. Call 800-272-9128. Call now and mention you heard this radio commercial and receive 10% off their already low fees. 800-272-9128. That number, 800-272-9128. Call now, 800-272-9128. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Bill Carey of RoboForum. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about the fact that passwords ain't going away, to use a non-grammatical phrase there. So, all right, this is just your opinion, not obviously a company opinion, I don't think. What do you think about Apple and the FBI? It's definitely an interesting case. And for me, my preference would be to err on the side of security. And would it do more good than harm to get access to this phone, find out if you were talking to others, find out if there's potentially another attack on the way. And so in my case, I think that the FBI should be able to hand Apple the phone and Apple, if they have a way of disabling that feature that's going to delete all the data after 10 failed attempts, that Apple can unlock that phone. I don't think Apple needs to create an authentication method or an encryption method that has a quote-unquote backdoor because that's asking for trouble. And I understand that the purists out there would say, well, if they do it once, they'd have to do it again. And that creates a backdoor if that ever gets out. So I, I do understand that. But in this case, my opinion probably differs from those in the security arena in that I do think that there potentially is more good than harm that would come out of 
knowing whatever additional information is on that phone and, you know, and having Apple control the process and Apple unlock the phone or bypass that feature for the FBI, I do think would, uh, would be a good thing. The thing is here is Apple cannot unlock that phone without developing a special iOS version. Once there is a digital file out there stored on a server, people can hack it. That's the problem. The second thing is here, is there actionable intelligence on that iPhone 5C? Remember, this is a work phone. Remember that the terrorists destroyed their own digital gear, their own smartphones, their own computers. They would have to be complete dunces to take a work phone that is monitored or should be monitored by the employer and put stuff on there about a terrorist act. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't even pass the logic test. The second thing is precedent, legal precedent, which is once a court grants this, and if that is upheld all the way to the Supreme Court, once that happens, you have the legal precedent. And it's already been admitted that there are loads of other cases out there awaiting the decision. And it's very likely this was used as a test case. So, for example, there was a case in Brooklyn where a federal magistrate judge said, no, this is going asking them to build special operating systems or software to do this is a step too far, a bridge too far. That happened this week. So that creates a legal precedent. So when Apple goes before the magistrate judge in Northern California later this month, that could be a reason to deny it. And that's the problem. It's legal precedent. If it happens once, it's going to happen again. The second thing is here, as long as there's a digital file used here, even if it was one time, there is the risk some hackers, as you say, hackers can get anything. Some hackers will retrieve it. Let's just go past that. Let's get on to the password techniques here. Now, the biggest problem with passwords is not that they're not secure. It is that a lot of people out there, except when they have their ISP install a new router and the password is password, they don't fix it. They don't take the steps to secure their password. Let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that do struggle with passwords. You know, in today's world, just about every website that you go on to requires a password and they all require that they be eight characters or more. And some require that there needs to be some capital letters and even sometimes a special character. And honestly, there's studies out there that show that we as humans can't remember more than three or four secure passwords. And so what do we do? We take shortcuts. And those shortcuts can be make it an easy password, use the same password on you know multiple different sites so I don't have to remember all these different passwords. So people are, have been using these shortcuts. Some people will leave password as their password because you know it's easy. People value convenience still over security. That's the other thing is play. Pe- people don't want the inconvenience of not remembering a password and having to go through a password reset. They'd rather have it easy and take their chances that they won't get hacked. So now there's tools out there that'll help people create long and strong passwords that they can use on each individual website because, you know, it's proven that people can't remember it. In today's world, you just need to have a lot of different passwords. Also, it's suggested sometimes that you change your password regularly. Yeah, it's another thing that's going to help. You know, if if your passwords are changed regularly, well, then if your password is subject to being hacked because some third party, you know, company allowed your password to be hacked, well, then if you change your passwords regularly, particularly if you do use the same password, 
on other sites, changing your password regularly accomplishes two things. One is it would limit your damages to the one site, but two is if you change your password during the process of which it was hacked. So it doesn't happen instantly that hackers will go into a business, steal passwords, and then all of a sudden they're sold and used right away. It takes sometimes days and even weeks for those to start being used and exploited. So if you have a process of changing your passwords right away, by the time they get password number one, you've already changed it and so they can't go back and hack into your account. But certainly one of the main things that you can do is take responsibility for your passwords or for your own security and use a different password for every website. So this way, if company A is hacked, you are limiting your damages or your potential damages to just your password on company A, not company B, C, D, E, and so forth. Okay. So if you're setting up a password, let me give our listeners a background here. Say OS 10, the keychain feature that Apple provides They do suggest passwords. They do on iOS where they suggest difficult passwords and the system can store those passwords. But if you're creating a password manually, you don't want the system to do it because you'll never remember what that password is. Mm -hmm. You want to do it yourself. Okay, I want control. What should they think of? What should they consider when making their own custom password? There's a couple of things that'll make your passwords more difficult to guess, but still easy for you to remember, which is really the key to the operation. If you can have a difficult to guess password, but you can remember it, that's great. So a couple of techniques that have come along is one, use a phrase of a couple of words rather than just using one word. Definitely don't use dictionary words or your name or your pet's name or any of those common things that can be easily guessed. But if you can think of three random words that kind of makes sense to you, you can use that. The other thing you could do is think of like your favorite phrase from a movie and use the first letter from each of those from that phrase. So say from like the Wizard of Oz, when the, when the great Oz is saying, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So if you use the first letter of each of those words, and you thought of it as like as a title to a movie, like, you know, the P would be capitalized, the N, you know, and then the A. So you can have like a nice strong password by using the first letter. And if you throw in a number and a special character, it's a very strong password. So um, those are a couple of things that people can do. We'll have more with Bill Carey as we're talking about how to create your own password. And I've got an idea after he finishes his. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attention citizens. This man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent. And in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com.
No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. It's no secret that pathogens such as bacteria, viruses, moles, and fungus can inflict severe damage in the human body. Fortunately, a new and vastly improved silver solution has been developed. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary, broad-spectrum, antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal solution that can be used inside the body as well as on the skin. Supernatural Silver is unique and superior to colloidal and ionic silvers using a patented technology that is is highly effective against colds, flus, infections, food poisoning, and yeast, in addition to many other pathogens. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, extremely safe, and is the number one choice of thousands of people for immune system support. Find out how Supernatural Silver could change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HEALTHY for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. And like us on Facebook. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, I'm Gene Steinberg, Bill Carey's joining us, and we're talking about 
passwords and how to make a secure password for yourself, let me send you to a place, okay? To learn about our premium subscription version of the show, go to TechNightOwl Plus, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We offer at TechNightOwl Plus the ad-free version of this show with more features to come for a low subscription rate, plus.technightowl.com. So, Bill, you were talking about setting up your own password, maybe using the first letter in the name of a movie. And I'll give you an idea for that in just a moment. I have one more. You know, the the third one that I could think of is substituting numbers instead of letters. So, like, the 7 kind of looks like an L or the 8 looks like a B. So, if you have a word that you want to use, but you substitute numbers, say, like, baseball, and the five looks like an S. So you can make the password baseball pretty hard. You can It can be the eight, A, five for the S, three for the E even. And then, you know, B-A-L-L would be, you know, A, seven, seven. And then again, add an exclamation point or some other special character. All of a sudden you have a password that you can remember. Your password is baseball, but you've created all these numbers and special characters in there that makes it much harder to guess for a hacker. I got one, G-A-M-M-D. And you could put exclamation points and numbers between them, vary the capitalization. That stands for go ahead, make my day. (laughs) There you go. That's an easy one to remember. But we don't want the hackers to know that. But if you were to randomize upper and lowercase letters, put in question marks, exclamation points, and numbers, vary the pace, have more characters, suddenly you've taken something which has a very common base and change it for the better. What about the password manager? We know Apple does that to some extent, but there are ways to really expand the features. Having one app that you depend on, all you need to do is be able to enter the password to get into that app, but it takes care of all your passwords. It does. I mean, going back to what we mentioned a little bit ago, we as humans have a hard time remembering long and and difficult passwords for each individual website that we want to log into. But we want to have those long, difficult passwords for security purposes because we don't want people accessing our accounts. And so there are tools out there called password managers that will automatically remember your passwords for each of those individual sites It'll save it, encrypt it on your computer, and then when you get to those sites, it would automatically enter your username and password and click the submit button for you. So you have one password for the password manager, and that password is called your master password, and that's used to create an encryption key that garbles all your data and securely stores it on whatever device you're using, your computer or your phone, whatever you're using. But then when you want to log into like your email account or your bank account or your PayPal account, all you do is click on that login and the the software itself will do all those steps for you. It will enter your username and password and click the submit button. So really, you have the convenience You have the security of all those strong passwords, but the convenience of never needing to remember or type those passwords. They're they're really cool features. Now, the app that you have is called RoboForum, and it's available on all the platforms. It's iOS, it's 
Mac, it's Windows. You have an Android version too? We do. We do. Okay. That's one of the biggest benefits. You know, you mentioned Keychain earlier, but having like an independent password manager like RoboForm, you can use it on any operating system. Like you, you're not just beholden to the Apple way of doing things. You could even use it on any browser. So, you know, you could use Chrome or Firefox or Safari. You're not just saving your passwords in one browser or one operating system. With independent password managers like RoboForm, you can literally use it on any device, anywhere in the world, then you always have your passwords with you. Okay, so how does this work? Is this a one-time license, or do you do it every year, or what? We have two different ways of licensing our product. One is we have a free version of it, so you can use RoboForm on all your computers and multiple devices and keep all your passwords in sync all for free up to 10 different saved logins. And so we have millions of users using just the free version of it. If you're a little bit more of a heavy user and have more than 10 logins, then you can buy our desktop license, which is a one-time license of $30. And that's good for the life of that product version. So, you know, we're on RoboForm 7 now and it's been out there for four or five years. And so you have a license for that for four or five years, you know, and that'll get you free updates and things along those lines. But we also have this everywhere license, which allows you to get free upgrades. So when we come to the next version of our software, RoboForm 8, you will automatically get the upgrade to RoboForm 8 as well. And that's $10 for the first year and $20 per year after that. Does this mean that it only works on one platform or multi-platforms? No, it's multi-platform. Everywhere means you can put it on each individual computer and mobile device that you have, and it's all for the one license. So it's one license for you as an individual, but you can use it on as many devices as you want. Therefore, you have a Mac, you have a PC, you have an Android phone, you've got an iPhone. If you're one individual, does that mean the entire family or do you have to get a family license? Each individual person in the family would have their own license because it's, it's licensed by the individual. So in that case, it'd be a, a uh, each individual has their own license. We're thinking about having a family license or a multi-pack of licenses when we come out with RoboForm 8. Also, I tend to think the people who would want this would be people who really do a lot. You know, one of the things that we find very interesting with our users is that they are not necessarily the most tech savvy users or, you know, the most security conscious users. Really, our user base is a slightly older demographic. They value security and they value the convenience because they know they're not going to be able to remember all these passwords. And so we have all kinds of people using RoboForm and they tend to be heavy internet users because they have a lot of passwords, but not necessarily just tech savvy people. It's, you know, lots of different types of people are using our password manager. Just people who go all around the internet, people who make a lot of stops in different places. Right. People who make a lot of stops, have a lot of different sites, you know, that they frequent a lot and that, that require passwords. Especially if you do a lot of shopping. It's also great for shopping. You know, that's a that's an interesting point. So you could enter your name and your address and phone number and credit card information. Again, it's all stored securely within RoboForm. But then when you go to check out, one click on RoboForm will fill all that information out for you. So it's 
It's amazing when you shop and you're not on your own computer with RoboForm, how tedious it becomes to actually have to type in your name and your address and your credit card number. You know, you, you get used to using RoboForm and you, you, you one click and you're done with checking out. And then to sit there and think you have to type through a form, it's, it's very monotonous and time consuming. And, it, you know, RoboForm really changes the, the, your way of thinking and it makes things much easier for you. Especially if you're in a hotel or you're in a Wi-Fi hotspot where security is not necessarily going to be a certainty and you have to assume that particular login is insecure. So if you can secure your access to different sites for whatever reason, that's a lot better, especially a bank or a commerce site or something like that. If our listeners need to know more about your product, please give them a few seconds to write it down and tell them where to go. The best place to get more information is directly from our website. Um, and the website is www.roboform, R-O-B-O-F-O-R-M.com. And, you know, we'll walk you through the benefits of using a password manager, what security precautions we've taken, um, all the different things and ways you can use our password manager. So the best place to go is the website. It'll have all types of information on there for you, all types of reviews, and you can just download it. There's a big green download button right there on the site for anybody that wants to download it and start using the product for free. Okay, Bill Carey, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature, after a bit of an absence, the one, the only Daniel Aaron Dilger, and he's from Apple Insider on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com.
BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Don't know what's in your drinking water? Better get a ProPure. With the Pro 1 G2.0 all-in-one filter, remove over 200 contaminants, including fluoride and lead. Taste water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure water filtration products. There's a ProPure system for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details on our current free shipping special or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. It's been quite a while, ladies and gentlemen, before we had the chance to talk to Daniel Aaron Dilger on the Tech Night Owl Live. I am going to remedy that. Daniel, welcome back. What have you been up to all these months? I'm in Portland now. I moved a few, several months ago. This way you can be there with the Vessens from the TV show Grimm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you even know what that is? I know what it is, but I can't say that I've watched it. <laughs> well, at least terrible. now you have a rental you can afford. You know, nobody who isn't making a lot of money can afford to live in San Francisco. Yeah, it's getting crazy expensive getting it well i thought it was crazy expensive when i moved there a long time ago but i've lived there for so long i've i wanted to try something new so i'm kind of baby stepping trying oregon for a bit i was thinking about going to berlin I'd like to live in somewhere else well i understand a lot of people will be doing that if donald trump is elected president <laughs> yeah i saw something that searches for moving to canada went up dramatically as he's <laughs> been winning in the polls and rentals are pretty high in Vancouver, aren't they? So this may be a problem there. Well, I mean, there's a lot of places to live in Canada. It's, it's cold. It's a nice place, though. There's a lot of really cosmopolitan cities. I grew up in Montana, and it, you know, it was not 
terribly close to Canada, but it was close enough to where you could drive. And in the middle of America, there's, there's not very many cities. I mean, there's really nothing between Minneapolis and, you know, if you count Spokane or Seattle, I lived in sort of the bullet hole of nothing, the bullseye of nothing, because there's, there's no real cities in, in Montana. And then all the states around Montana also have no real, no real significant cities. Nothing with like a sports team or, you know. So you go across the, across the border into Canada and there's major cosmopolitan cities in every province. So I have some friends who live in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Which takes you, I guess, towards the extreme eastern part of the coast. I, yeah, I haven't really been to eastern Canada very much. I haven't been to Canada in a while, but I'm, I'm hearing the exchange rate is tremendously favorable right now, so I should visit. Well, as I said, if things happen during the election, you may have company. Let's move to the other political issue which is here, which is Apple versus the FBI. Now, let me preface this. As our listeners know, we had animating some tidbits last week. Dr. Timothy Summers, a, an ethical hacker, on last week. And one question was raised before we get into the fear-mongering that's come up about the Apple FBI issue is, we have the NSA, which supposedly is able to do all sorts of crazy things from a security standpoint. So we have nobody in government at all that's competent to figure out how to break into a single iPhone 5C? Well, there are exploits that can provide access to a, a Mac or a phone uh, for a period of time, but Apple's constantly working to fill those holes. And there's some exploits that only work in certain conditions. All of the tools that I have seen for law enforcement, there's a variety of tools for getting into devices, uh, but all the ones that I've seen don't work unless the phone's been jailbroken, unless the security's already been turned off. Now, occasionally there's been situations where, you know, you could, if you have physical access to a, a phone, you can do something to break into it. But when a phone is locked, and it's now uh, since iOS 8, it has full disk encryption on, which means everything on the disk is, or everything on the system is encrypted. You can't get into it without putting in a passcode. And while there may be some NSA group that, that knows something about getting into these things, um, if that were the case, the FBI wouldn't be trying so hard to make it, to force Apple to write software to give them um, the ability to crack encryption, you know, if it were for simple, a lot of people have been saying, oh yeah, you know, they can do this, but there's evidence that they can't. I mean, if you listen to what they've been saying in public, I mean, it hasn't really been in the, in the newspapers, but if you do some research, you can hear the director of the FBI going back for the last several years, he's been talking about this as being an issue. And it, it's been an issue for some time because encryption has existed in some form since, you know, like 2009 on the iPhone, there was full disk encryption, but the way that you, you, even if something is encrypted, it doesn't mean that you can't get the key to get it off. And what Apple's done is made it basically booby trap the key behind. It's sitting in memory that can't be accessed even by the system. Um, so there's, there's a number of layers of security. And that's what the FBI is saying is like, hey, we want you to give us software that like relaxes all these security efforts so that we can bang on this encrypted file until we can figure out what the password is. 
Now, the problem this is, is if the FBI can, anybody can. Well, that's the whole issue here. And it's also rather unprecedented because has the FBI, have the authorities ever asked any tech company to basically crack their own devices? It's not like the FBI has hackers on the team like the TV show CSI Cyber, where they have a team of people there who will do that kind of work. I would assume the FBI does have that kind of team because a lot of times these TV shows have some vague basis of existence. That there is such a team. We're the NSA. This is unprecedented that they're saying to a private company, we demand that you hack your own devices so we can break in. There's a lot of frustration in the way that they're saying this because it's becoming vastly difficult to crack into. You know, back in the day, being able to tap a wire was fairly easy to do. And the precedent that they're referring to in these court cases is going back into the you know 70s and 80s and saying, you know, here was a phone company that we got a warrant for tapping into someone's phone and they were pressing the phone company. And there was, there was actually the phone company was giving some pushback on that. And they were ordered to help. And the reason was because in the case that I saw cited... Uh, the phone company was involved in, in some criminal activity. I mean, there was criminal activity occurring within the offices of the phone company, if I understand it correctly. So um, what some of the distinctions they're making is that Apple has nothing to do with this. Apple isn't involved in, there wasn't like some terrorist cell within Apple taking advantage of the design of the iPhone or something. Uh, this is a, a, a citizen who committed crimes and then destroyed his personal phone. And this is like a separate phone. It's kind of a stupid situation that they very clearly jumped on this because it, you know, they called it terrorism. It was really, you know, a guy mass merging. A bunch, it was a guy going ballistic, bringing guns to work and killing a bunch of people that he worked with. So once again, once again, we're talking here about an excuse. They're using this as a test case because of the fear-mongering about the terrorist attack. But the thing that also bothers me, just as much as that does, is the fact that this is not that guy's phone. He was a food inspector for the San Bernardino Department of Health. This is a work phone. Now, they destroyed their personal gear. That's correct, right? They destroyed their personal gear. So we're being asked to believe here that they were stupid enough after destroying their personal gear, they were so stupid they'd keep incriminating information on a company-owned phone. Does that make sense? Yeah. If, if the situation had been different, if it had been his personal phone, it w- the situation would still be the same. This kind of weakens the case for the FBI because it really shows, I mean, it really underscores how much they're overreaching here. But um, the 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 real merit of this case is should phones have encryption that's unbreakable? Or should the government be able to say, we have a warrant, somebody has to unlock this for us? And there's one thing that a lot of people don't, don't really understand is that you cannot have encryption that only works for good people. It either works or it doesn't. And a number of people have um, 
raise the analogy of a paper shredder. If you shred documents, if you have sensitive documents in your business or whatever you're doing, and you shred your documents so that other people can't put your checks back together or defraud you, criminals can also use a shredder to shred incriminating evidence against themselves. And if the government says paper shredders have to be able to, you know, put this back together, if, if, you know, if it's some horrible case where you're abusing children or, you know, plotting a terrorist overthrow of the government or something, well, then paper shredders aren't going to work. Let me tell you, folks, that we have Daniel Aaron Dilger with us. We're talking about the FBI versus Apple kind of dealing with myth busting here. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Daniel Aaron Dilger back. We're talking about FBI versus Apple. And you continue, please, in clearing up the myths here. And like I said, a number of people are using this analogy of a paper shredder. And it's it's a tantalizing, magical idea to say, and a lot of people have been saying this, especially in the political realm, well, yes, this is an important issue with security and everything, but you know, if there's terrorism involved, then then Apple has to help crack this phone. And what they don't get is that once once the system is cracked, then nobody can trust that the encryption is there. 
And further, if the government can say, Apple, you have to give us a version of your software and sign it that turns off security so that we can go after it, and we're just going to keep asking for this tool every time we'll, we can convince a judge to say, yes, we need it again, then it's not going to be long before, A, everybody else can figure out how to do the same thing. Because the government has a pretty good record of letting go of their secrets and letting stuff out. And additionally, if if something is proven capable, then other people know what, to, what how to work on it. The other side of that is once the government can say, hey, Apple, we have to, you have to build special software for us to allow us to get into the encryption, they can also say, you know, what else? What else can they not say? Say, hey, there's a, there's a really important terrorist situation that we have to control. You have to write software to turn on their mic so that we can listen to their phone. Now, despite the claim by the FBI and other authorities, this is a one-time request. We know it's not. We know other cases, because it's been admitted, are waiting in the wings. In fact, we have a situation here where a federal magistrate judge back in New York City denied the request for Apple to unlock an iPhone being used, I guess, in a drug case. Yeah, that's been in the queue since October. And one of the articles that I wrote, um, the last article I wrote on the subject, there's not only nine other cases in the queue that are you know, waiting for this thing, but all of last year, there was a discussion about the FBI director working with the Obama administration to see how we can create a law that gets them access to encrypted devices. Because, you know, I understand, you know, part of the job of the police is to track down and find information and um, investigate crimes. And obviously they want to be able to get into phones that are encrypted, but there's a lot of things that they would like to get into that the constitution doesn't allow them to. And it, it does sometimes favor criminals that we have rights. But once you start giving up those rights because of a threat of terrorism or anything, then you don't have rights anymore. And then what's the point of what's the point of having a government if you don't have rights? That's the entire logic behind the Patriot Act, which is how many of your rights do you wish to give up in the possibility that you will stop a terrorist? But then we're looking at compromising the security of one billion people who have iOS gear, one billion people, because of the unproven possibility that we might find something on this work phone. The other thing I worry about here is normally a company that gives out iPhones to its employees, we're not talking about just somebody who's a small office with five people, but a large company or government organization, don't they have the Apple, what is it called, device management software? Well, Apple has some configuration software of its own that's pretty limited, but there's a variety of companies, including IBM. They have Mass360, and, and there's a, a number of, of companies that deliver a product called MDM, Mobile Device Management. And what that does is the corporation, it, you know, it's the same thing they do for computers that are their fleet of computers. They're managed. So that means that they check into a central server and... When you log in, you're not logging in with your own account. You're typically logging in with a company account, and the company owns your device. So that, doesn't so they, that mean that the company has a copy of this data already? Typically, it means that they have the control to remotely access anything on the phone and can lock a phone remotely. They can lock you out of your own the device that you're carrying. So if they had this software installed on the, on the phone, like you would expect for a county to be running, you know, if they're handing phones to employees, 
is kind of standard practice to have a managed device. If they had lost their phone or, you know, if a phone was recovered, they could control it and they could unlock it and get into it. But they didn't have that on it. So that was one thing. And then the second thing is when the FBI found it, they knew that there were some cloud backups and they were trying to get to those cloud backups immediately. And instead of consulting with Apple, they changed the Apple ID assigned to that device, which had the effect of making it so that it couldn't back up again. So they actually basically locked the phone. They screwed themselves. And now they're asking Apple to unscrew themselves. Yeah. And if you listen to what Comey is, is testifying, he's basically saying, well, we've always had this ability, you know, in recent times, that if we get a warrant, we can just go in and get this information. You know, from his perspective, encryption is just sort of a a wall that he doesn't understand. And it's like, hey, we need to get through this wall. And who can get us through this wall? But they don't really get the idea that if they can get through the wall, you know, everybody else can too. And, you know, unbreakable encryption is kind of like a paper shredder. Once it's shredded, there's, it's not there anymore. So okay. what they're asking for is this magic button that, that unlocks it for the police, but that doesn't exist. And conscripting private companies to create backdoors for every device is the opposite of having security. You can't have security and, and you can't have financial security and you can't have privacy for all the information that you have, whether it's pictures of your family or your health records or anything about you. Um, that's, you know, our, our phones are kind of like our brains. How much control does government have? It would be great if the government could just put a you know cap on your head and just pull out all this information and use it against you. But we have a constitution that says that they can't do that. And this particular case here, I think companies who give out phones to employees will learn a lesson here, wouldn't they, about how to handle a situation if there is what we would call workplace violence. I mean, if they weren't radicalized, if they were just normal criminals, if a criminal is normal, if they weren't radicalized, this would be workplace violence because we have an employee of a company going to a company office party and shooting up the place. Yeah. You know, the other aspect of this is the guy's accomplice, his mail-order bride, was led into the country without really any scrutiny because of a, um, what do you call it? It's like a marriage visa. And, you know, so if the government wants to be careful about things, that's one of the things that the government has a role in doing is making sure that radicalized people are... You know, they do have a watch list and they could have vetted this person when they're coming to the country to see if they're a radicalized terrorist. <laughs> but, but how do you really do that? Fact. How do you know? I mean, for example, well, she know. supposedly posted stuff back in the Middle East indicating yeah. or proving she was radicalized, but she did it under a different name. Yeah, so if Mary, and I don't know her name and I don't re- even remember or yeah. want to post it, but say Mary becomes radicalized. And so under the name Jane, she puts up something to indicate her beliefs. But how do we know that Mary used the name Jane? That's the argument here, that maybe she posted something on some kind of social network, but under a different name. So we didn't know that until after they combed through the records to see. See, this may be fearful to some people. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's also But there is no, no earthly way that you can just know what everybody on the planet is doing, everything they're posting, every name they're using. I mean, that would be the height of Big Brother observation where we check everybody. And don't forget here that lots of people 
are killed as a result of gun violence in the United States. And we're not talking about the gun control and politics. Forget about the politics. We're talking about thousands and thousands of people are killed. Yeah. So shouldn't we recover the phones from all of them? If they're work phones and do the same thing? Because they were killed. A person is dead regardless of how it was done. Yeah, and, and you know, if, this, if they had been radicalized by the KKK or any other group, would, we, would they also be called terrorists or would they be called shooters? I mean, that's kind of also a side issue. It doesn't really matter to the case, but it really boils down to this was something that's been going on for a while. The FBI has been stymied by encryption. And the FBI has been talking about encryption as being something they don't want to have happen. Let's go into that in our next segment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent, and in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. 
That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We also have Tech Night Owl Plus if you want to get the premium, special, high-class version of this show without the network ads. Simply go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. A modest subscription rate gets you all. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider and on a rare, rare occasion, roughly drafted magazine. And maybe now that he's relocated, he'll get back to that. Let's continue our discussion of Apple versus the FBI. Go ahead, sir. Back in you know the late 90s, the U.S. regulated encryption, strong encryption that was uncrackable at the time, as being a munition, like as a weapon. And they didn't let companies, if you remember Netscape, they had a version of the browser that was supposed to be only usable in the United States. And if they exported it overseas, if anybody used Netscape's web browser, they were supposed to use this 40-bit encryption that was crackable, thinking that you know overseas governments or whatever, if they were using our encryption to hide from the CIA and whoever else we wanted to spy on, it would be a problem. And it started to become kind of ridiculous because overseas knew how to do encryption as well. There were hundreds of products that anybody could use to do strong encryption. And so these laws are really only hurting American businesses because instead of buying encryption from us, they were buying it from somebody else. And and of course, the same situation is the case today. So even if the FBI could destroy Apple's encryption, that doesn't mean that terrorists are not going to be able to be untrackable anymore. And in fact, you know, they could still use an iPhone and, and use foreign encryption on the iPhone on top of the encryption. So even if you could un- unlock the phone, you couldn't unlock the app that they used to, to do secret stuff on. So what the FBI is, is trying to get here is apparently reasonable in their minds, but it doesn't actually make any sense because it doesn't make us safer to destroy Apple's encryption. It just makes all of us more at risk of being exploited by not only identity thieves and, you know, petty criminals, but also people that are trying to, you know, steal secrets or, or, or whatever else, or, you know, infiltrate the government. It's going to be a lot easier to do that if we don't have secure devices. And nothing that the United States can do, whether the Congress comes and, you know, messes up this situation even worse, is going to have any impact on what foreign companies are doing. 
And of course, what we do is also going to be copied by everyone else. I mean, there's already, you know, legislatures around the world that are chomping at the bit to get the same kind of access to say, oh, now, you know, we also have our criminals and terrorists that we don't need to track. China is going to do that. Russia is going to do that. France is already trying to get a million dollars from Apple every time they don't unlock a phone for them. Consider also what happened with BlackBerry in India. They were forced to break encryption. Now, imagine now what could happen. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. So China says to Apple, we need the back door. Otherwise, you cannot sell iPhones in China. Okay. I mean, they have that power. They could do it. Yeah. Vladimir Putin could say, Apple, you will not sell iPhones in Russia if you don't give us a back door. So basically, Apple's entire security model is thrown out the window. Now, in terms of Android, are current Android phones secured as well in terms of encryption? Full disk encryption has existed in some form in Android for a couple of releases now, at least. But it's done in software because the hardware isn't always the same. iPhones have always been the same and they've always had hardware encryption to do because encryption is, is big math and it's computationally intensive. So if you're doing it in software, like Google's been doing, it takes a lot of overhead. So even you know late model phones, if they're doing encryption in software, it makes it much slower. And if you look at when they're talking about Nexus devices, when you turn full disk encryption on, it makes the device so slow that people turn it back off again. Google has tried to make it a standard thing to say, yes, this is turned on by default, and they keep relaxing that as a necessity for Android because it just makes the phones too slow. So no, most almost all Android phones have no encryption. And even the latest ones that are turning it on by default, that's a sliver of the install base of Android. And a lot of those people turn it off because it, it is too slow. And also fewer phones, uh, fewer Android phones have fingerprint security. So if you turn on full disk encryption, that means every time you unlock the phone, you have to put in a passcode. So Touch ID makes it much easier for people to do it. That's why the FBI is specifically talking about Apple, because it's so easy. It just turns on by default, and you put in a passcode, and your phone is secure. If you have a passcode, after a few times a day, you're like, okay, I need to turn this down, because this is ridiculous. Every time I open my phone, I have to put in a passcode. So having Touch ID makes it much easier to have encryption set up and have it turned on by default and have things like activation lock set up. And the police have been praising this up to now because it, one of the other crimes related to phones is that people steal them because, you know, they're worth $500 on the black market to steal someone's phone. If you have your phone encrypted and it has activation lock on it so that it doesn't work unless you put your passcode in, it just shuts itself down and can't be reactivated, then thefts go down. And attorney generals and uh, heads of law enforcement have been praising Apple for its encryption because it secured the phones and it stopped thefts and it stopped a violent theft. I mean, a lot of phone thefts have been, you know, muggings involving a gun. I know a lot of people in San Francisco who've had people steal their phones at gunpoint. Encryption is one of the things that's helped shut that down. And if it's consistently applied and Apple's made it so much, so much easier that thieves finally get to the point where they're like, okay, I can't get an easy bunch of money from stealing someone's phone anymore. It doesn't work. So that's one of the things that is going to go away if the FBI screws this up or if Congress screws it up. So it is a huge issue. Now, we already have the precedent here of 
a magistrate judge in Brooklyn saying this can't happen. On the week of the 21st of March, Apple supposedly will be involved in a hearing in Northern California to assess this issue. Now, that's the other thing, too, here. If the lower court judges decide, okay, Apple doesn't have to do this, the FBI could appeal up to the circuit courts, up to the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court, unless there is a majority of the eight justices, because we don't think there'll be a ninth seated real soon now, this issue could be pushed back to the lower courts if they split on this. But how would the Supreme Court decide? I wonder. If you read, if you read Apple's case, if you read their argument, it becomes really hard, even, even you know, sympathetic to the needs of law enforcement to be able to access information. I understand how frustrating it would be, to, especially if you, if you know someone's guilty and you are very sure that there's incriminating information on their phone, obviously you want to be able to get into that, you know, to bring them to justice and to stop them from doing bad things. Um, so I fully understand why they're frustrated by this. However, what they're trying to do and how they're trying to achieve this is very short-sighted. It, you know, it's even if they achieve what they think they're going to achieve, they don't actually achieve that because the people who know how to use encryption, criminals, can get it elsewhere. They're not going to stop it by getting this. This is a very short-term fix. This would, you know, they got nine phones in the queue. Oh, great. You know, they can force Apple to write the software to break into some phones. Let us continue this discussion with Daniel Aaron Dilger on the other side. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. 
Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com. At sonsoflibertyteam.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you tired of the cold this winter? Are you prepared for the next blizzard or snowstorm? What will you do when the power and heat go off? That could be our future. Fortress Clothing's Bug Out Bag with our head-to-toe solution is your one-step answer to survival in the cold. It doesn't expire. It doesn't go bad. It's lightweight and mobile, and it doesn't just sit on the shelf waiting for an emergency. You can use Fortress today. Be warm and comfortable if you or your family work in the cold. Be warm and comfortable while you play, hunt, fish, camp, ski, paraglide, go sledding with the family, or just shovel the walks. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com is the answer. Your emergency preparedness solution to the cold. Your solution to working or playing in the cold. Visit us at FortressClothing.com and enter radio. Buy now and receive your 20% off discount. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com. It could save your life one day. Attention citizens. This man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent. And in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, this is the level of nuance to the Apple FBI brouhaha that we've all been waiting for, and the person to deliver it is Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider. Go ahead. The thing that they're arguing for, that they're trying to, you know, break past the encryption on this. Uh, first of all, it's going to be Apple's response, inevitably, is going to be to create a system that they can't break into. And they're going to be back to zero again. I mean, th- there's not going to be any way for the DOJ to make any long-term progress here. They're not going to stop encryption. Even if they can just destroy Apple and burn it to the ground. Everybody else has encryption. It's not a secret how to do encryption. Everybody knows how to do encryption. And, you know, the most horrible people on the planet, these people that are mass murdering their neighbors in the Middle East, they know where to get encryption. They know what products have backdoors in them. They have advice. I mean, they're technically savvy enough to know how to do this. And yet, at the same time, it's not impossible to catch people without being able to break encryption. There's a lot of police work that involves a variety of things that, yes, this is, this is a barrier. It is more difficult. But, you know, other things are more difficult. It is difficult to uh, police when bad guys have guns. But in this country, 
that's the prevailing law is that everybody can have a gun, you know, unless they're a felon or something. So unless you're going to tackle something like that, if you're going to say no one can have guns because, the, you know, that makes the police job for police harder. No one can have locks on their front doors because, you know, what if the police need to get in there and stop a child from being raped? Could police need to just get into your house right away? You know, having a lock on your door means that that's going to be a problem. Well, yeah, there are problems in the world. And now, the other thing here about so-called terrorist cells is they each act independently of one another. So they may not even be aware of one another when engaged in this. And the other thing here, if these people were self-radicalized, which is what appears happen, why would they have information about other possible terrorist attacks? At this point in time, even if they did, it's too late to worry about it. They wouldn't suddenly have a terrorist attack on a work iPhone that conveys information about something that's going to happen three months from now. Not going to happen. That's not the way they work. Yeah, I mean, in this case in particular, it really has nothing to do with terrorism or anything. It, it happens to do with this was a shocking crime and they were trying to leverage the notoriety of this crime to say, oh, hey, Apple, all we need is this. And they didn't come to Apple and, and ask for it. They did it very publicly in a press release. Apple found out about it from the media. And, you know, at the same time, the media has done a really terrible job of covering this because they keep referring to it as unlocking the phone. Apple can't unlock this phone. Apple doesn't have a master key for it. All Apple can do is write a version of iOS that turns off all the levels of security and deliver that to someone else so that they can bang away on the encryption and, and there's no, it's like no draw, no, um, they're putting the drawbridge down. But if, if they do that for the police, then it's, you know, becomes like an open thing that not only the police can abuse it, but other people can abuse it. And like I said, it's a short-term thing because Apple is going to release another version. You know, eventually they're just going to keep it enhancing the security until it can't be broken. So this would be an interesting conundrum here. The court goes to Apple and says, unlock this iPhone. We can't. What do they do? Take Tim Cook and put him in jail for contempt? It's going to become pretty absurd. Well, I mean, in this case, the, the FBI knows what they're asking for right now. And they're saying, hey, we have this problem. We, you know, we, we know that we only have 10 tries. We want you to rewrite the software so that we have a whole bunch of tries. We want you to write a special version of software that turns off all the levels of security so that we can bang away on phones and get open, get them open, hook them up to a computer and just run codes on them until they open. That will work until Apple comes out with the next version of iOS. And I don't think it even requires new hardware, but if it does, there's going to be ways to make it more and more and more difficult until it's just not possible for Apple to even write software that unlocks it. Now, this is interesting here. We have an iOS 9.3 under development now. Apple made a big deal of it. There's a special page at Apple's site. Any possibility here that Apple's already doing this, that this will enhance the encryption to a level where Apple cannot find a workaround? I don't think 9.3 is going to deliver it, but I mean, already Apple would have to write a new version of iOS for the FBI to be able to do what it wants to do. Now, I want to ask about the mechanics. I've had a couple of versions of this. And that is here, normally when you do a software update, you have to basically unlock your iPhone and accept the terms and conditions 
to allow for that software update. Here is something where the phone is locked. So is there like a test mode or something on that iPhone that allows them to load software without the normal protections? Apparently you can put it into, I don't know if it's DFU mode or what, but you know, when you plug it in, even if it's locked, you can replace the software, which is, you know, that's a potential in. So if Apple changes it so that you have to have it unlocked to be able to replace the software, then that's going to kill that right away. And there's other levels of software. I mean, there's other levels of security that you can keep building around it. Now, we have a whole bunch of ethical hackers out there. We have Mr. McAfee, who claims he could do it. So is it possible that a third party at the end could be able to accomplish a task of this nature without Apple's help? The reason why the FBI is not going to McAfee, McAfee is kind of a kook. There is that. Yeah. There, there's, I mean, just because somebody can say something doesn't mean that it's true. But uh, the reason why the FBI isn't going to other people and paying them millions of dollars to crack the iPhone is because even if somebody understood how iOS works, they can't sign the software and put it on a phone and have the phone work because the iPhone requires that basically the OS, when you put it on the phone, has to be signed by Apple. And if you change it after it's signed, a signature on code, it means it's encrypted. And it's encrypted with the sign- the you know, Apple's public key. So the, the phone itself compares that to what it knows is Apple's. And if, it, if it's tampered with, it won't run. So, I mean, there may be ways to get around parts of that, but Apple has made a, a, a product that's very secure. And if it were easy for law enforcement to get into, then that this wouldn't be people all around the world trying to do it. They would just be doing it. It wouldn't even be an issue. The FBI wouldn't be telling Apple that they have to get involved here. They would just be doing it themselves. Now, the public opinion has been polarized. At first, the polls showed that a slight majority said, yes, Apple should let them do this. Now, I think as people understand the issues, more people say, no, they shouldn't. And I suppose it's a matter of just getting the right information, of understanding what's going to happen. Before we move on to other topics here, Daniel Aaron Dilger, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think, in the end, Apple will be forced to comply or will saner heads prevail? Well, what we've seen is that there's not political support for laws allowing the police to do this in Congress. And that's why they're trying to do this in round in run around it with this, you know, slavery, slavery era law from the 17, late, late, late 18th century um, to just compel it to do whatever. And kind of the point of this law is just saying if Congress hasn't written the law, but the point is Congress has not written law. They've purposely not allowed the FBI the ability to do these kind of things. Um, so that's why the FBI is trying to do it without as a court order, which isn't really kosher. And what Apple's saying is the Congress should do it, in part because Apple kind of knows that the Congress is probably not going to do it. However, I'm kind of concerned that, that um, in, in its testimony before Congress, uh, Apple hasn't said that, you know, they've kind of said that this is their thing to fix. Let's fix this and we'll get back with more of this with Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Don't know what's in your drinking water? Better get a ProPure. With the Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one filter, remove over 200 contaminants, including fluoride and lead. Taste water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure water filtration products. There's a ProPure system for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details on our current free shipping special or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. A lot of common sense, folks. I want you to listen carefully to everything Daniel Aaron Dilger is saying because he studies this thing intricately and comes up with a lot of ideas that aren't always considered. Go ahead, please. Well, I think one of the things Apple needs to do is be more kind of forceful in shaping what the law and the understanding is because they're kind of saying, you know, Congress, this is your job to do. But we've seen a lot of evidence of, of Congress not really being good at making laws. And if they give Congress, you know, hey, just do whatever you think is right, Congress may be doing the wrong thing for maybe making a mistake that we can't quickly fix just because if they think, you know, hey, this is a good idea. Let's make it so that there's a magic button on everybody's phone. But that's a backdoor. And if there's a backdoor, then anybody can go on that. Remember here also what makes Congress act is an immediate political imperative, like keeping the government open, although some have not had any compunction against shutting it down, or the fear or threat. Because remember, the original Patriot Act was approved at the height of the paranoia over 9-11. So, of course, they all ran in lockstep. So there had to be some kind of imperative to make them do anything. But right now, the situation is so polarized that if anything's going to happen, it probably won't happen until the next election. And then it'll depend on so many factors. If a Democrat's elected, will there be a Democratic Senate. We don't think there'll be a Democratic Congress. So all these things that get in the way, this is the kind of thing where they'll form a commission to study it, and they'll study it, and it will disappear from the headlines and we'll get on to other stuff. By the time they get around to it, Apple will have increased encryption to such an extent they could say rightly, doesn't matter what the law is, we can't do it. That sounds kind of how it's headed, yeah. There we go. So that is one of the things that is still the big news. More than I expected, and I was really unfortunately sad to see how so many political pundits and cable TV pundits haven't a clue about what's going on. Now, this is something which is a very common thing with Apple, and I think it'll start some discussion. So we have rumors there's going to be possibly a four-inch iPhone. That's going to be out, probably fairly similar to an iPhone 5S. In fact, one rumor is that it's going to be the iPhone 5S mostly with new guts. So the case, it's similar. Now, somebody comes out with the usual, well, a new Apple product is destined to fail. The logic here being that if you own an iPhone 4S and like the size and the form factor, the iPhone 5 form factor is about a third of an inch taller even though they both have four-inch screens. So a third of an inch is too much, and people who want a smaller iPhone won't buy them. And of course, that's the usual, well, Apple is destined to fail kind of thing. What's your feeling? 
I haven't heard anyone say that. I think I read that today. Well, <laughs> believe me, it takes all kinds. Yeah, a third um, of an inch, I, folks. I, I mean, if it can fit in your purse already, and my wife has very small purses, and she has an iPhone five C, it fits quite nicely. But if the iPhone 4S fits in your purse, you think a third of an inch difference is going to make that much of a difference? Well, first of all, the, the number of people that are using a, something prior to an iPhone 5 is, is very small now. It's extremely small. If you look at usage stats, everybody who has an iPhone has it, you know, pretty much at least a 5 or 5S, 5C, or I think around... It was 30% and now it's like 40%, maybe more than that, have a six, six or six S for, you know, one of the two larger phones. Um, I think what Apple's going to do is release another six in a smaller form factor for people who like the smaller form factor and just have three sizes. And the reason they didn't do that earlier is because they had this phone that they could continue selling. The 5S was, you know, fairly new and it's now going on two and a half years old. And they're just going to repackage it and make it look like a six. And it's going to have the same chips as a six. So, so basically, it's, it's no big sizes. deal. It's a fairly simple kind of project. Now, some say that maybe if Apple had this out in September, they would have sold more iPhones. That people weren't flocking to the 5S because it was too old, unless they really were on a budget. Apple has a lot of savvy in terms of knowing how to sell products very clearly they're the only company making any money. So there's a lot of people that say, oh, if this had happened, there's no, there's no evidence of those people. If, if they're so smart, why aren't they making devices and making billions of dollars? So when people say stuff like that, it's really hard to take them seriously. I mean, Samsung is making every phone imaginable and look at how much money they make. They make nothing. Part of the reason is if you, if Apple did come out with a small phone, if Apple came out with the iPhone 6S, you know, 6S plus and 6S minus, a smaller one, um, that would have detracted from other sales. It would have driven ASPs down if, they, if it had been cheaper. You know, it also would have been an, an extra expense. It would have been having to dial up three different versions of phones. It'd have to be doing this very complex sales estimation. People don't realize how complicated operations is and the scale that Apple does. Uh, companies like Samsung, most of the phones that Samsung makes, and Samsung is the only company that's really an Apple scale, most of the phones that Samsung makes are small, cheap models that are kind of low end and make very little profit. Some of them are not making any at all. Like most Android phones don't make any money um, overall. They, they put a bunch of phones in the inventory and they either sell or they don't or they give them away or whatever. But what Apple has to do is on an annual cycle, create phones that are going to sell in a huge surge and they have to pre-build tens of millions of these because they sell so quickly in the beginning. And then they, you know, now they continue for the next two quarters selling huge, like 60, 70 million phones in a quarter is incredible. That's how many, you know, Xiaomi makes in a year and sells. And that's, you know, they have pretty huge scale. So for Apple to have to do that quarter after quarter now, the, the, the last quarter and the first quarter of the year, they're selling huge numbers of phones. Now, understand, folks, here, a company like Samsung sells more phones than Apple, but it's like 50 different models. Apple is selling a handful of models, 
So it's got to scale up production quantities incredibly to meet demand. And it's not only cyclical, it's also knowing what's going to appeal to people from things that are important, like the, you know, the chip and the resolution and how, how they're going to make a platform that's good, that developers can write apps for, that's going to work and not be weird on different devices. But also, you know, they're testing out a new color. They're, they're testing out, you know, rose gold because China likes this color. They have to figure out what's the exact right color to do. And they have to also estimate how many to build in each of these colors and what stores to put them in. There's a, there's a tremendous amount of information and understanding behind this. And that's a big component about why Apple's making so much money. Now, there's a really point here to be realistic, Daniel, and that is quite often when a product first comes out, they're making a good guess about demand. And demand tends sometimes to be different. So Apple, in the first few weeks of production, has to adjust and scale quantities to better meet demand, which is why quite often the product's in short supply at the beginning. Yeah, and also um, Apple very uh, sharply controls everyone's supply. So Best Buy and you know companies that are reselling Apple's products, they don't really get to say, we give us this many of this phone and this many of this model and this many of this device. Apple says, here's what we're giving you because we think you're going to sell this because Apple is really good at that. And other companies are not. Other companies just ship stuff into stores, and if it doesn't sell, then they have to take it back, and they have to, you know, send it to another market. And that's part of the, you know, that's another big part of operations. And Apple wasn't always good at that. You know, back in the '90s, they were making tons of performers that nobody wanted, and not enough of the power books that people did want, and they were losing money, like everybody else does now. And what they've really refined, and you know, Tim Cook has really led that. He came on board with Steve Jobs in I think 1998, and really dialed down Apple. He's very good. And that's, that's what he does. And he's really turned it into a science of getting that really good. And so when people say, oh, they should have done this and should have done that, that's, it really shows a tremendous ignorance of what Apple is actually good at. Now, the thing here is the assumption is always being made that Apple doesn't know what they are doing. Apple should do this. Apple should do that. It's incredible. I want to get into more of this in the next segment. I just want to tell everybody that we'd like you to check plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Learn more about the premium version of the show, better quality audio, more features coming. And of course, it doesn't have the network ads for a modest subscription rate. The subscription rate is our price cheap, like they used to say with Mad Magazine plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus.technightowl.com. We've got more to come with Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Hi, my name is Nick Lupo. One World Way has been by far the best protein that I've ever had. I take it three times a day. Once in the morning as soon as I wake, once for a pre-workout snack, and once for a post-workout recovery drink. It has helped me transform and sculpt my body into what I have now. I began taking the product about two years ago, and boy, let me tell you, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've seen major muscle mass gains and have 0% body fat. I have had people at my gym ask if I compete in bodybuilding because of how lean and muscular I am. I used to suffer from everyday aches and pains from hard manual labor my whole life and arthritis that runs to my family. But One World Way has helped me take that everyday pain from a 10 to a 3. Some days I feel no pain at all, just full of life and energy. It has also helped my skin look younger and healthier. Thank you, Synergistic Nutrition, for One World Way. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, on the Tech Night Out Live, we're talking about the penchant of the critics here to say, all right, the next Apple product's got to fail. Apple Watch has to be a failure, except that every independent estimate of Apple Watch sales is that they're selling several times what anyone else is selling. Yeah, like by a huge margin. And, you know, Samsung ran into market, was it two or two or three years ahead of Apple, coming out with wearable bands? anticipating that, that Apple was going to count with his watch and never really achieved significant sales at all. I mean, they were selling in, in the very low hundred thousands. And Apple said that before they went on sale that they weren't going to release numbers because they didn't want anyone to know <laughs> what they were selling. And initially there was these analysts that were saying, oh, Apple's going to sell 50 million watches. And I was like, well, no, they're not. Because everybody who has an iPhone is not going to want to buy a watch. But the valuable, the most, Apple's most valuable customers are going to, and they're not going to be terribly price sensitive. And especially because Apple Watch isn't a kind of a geeky gadget. You know, it's a fashionable product. And Apple's, again, been very savvy and sophisticated at how they're selling this. They're not selling it as a tech device. They're selling it as a fashionable extension of how you do things. What the company is doing is getting increasingly better at selling an experience. And if you look at any other industry, whether it's you know, high-end clothes or cars or anything else, the money is made in creating an experience, not in creating a product. If you look at who the tech industry likes, the, you know, the tech media, they keep talking about Google and all the products that they're making and all these ideas that they have. But Google has been a failure repeatedly. And Google's failures today are so similar 
to the old Apple of the, you know, late 80s, early 90s that was doing geeky, cool stuff and spending tremendous amounts of money on researching ideas that were interesting, but they weren't developing products that people wanted and would pay for. And that's what Google's problem is. They're creating products that make no sense to anyone who's not an engineer. But the thing is, most of the people in the world are not engineers. And most of the people are not going to buy products developed by engineers for engineers because they're not engineers. Apple's not creating products that are only good for engineers. They're creating products that appeal to the majority of people. It's just hard to fathom how they keep thinking that what Google's doing is going to work at some point because it's not working. It has not worked. Now, the other thing here I read every so often is a claim, well, Apple only sells 5 million Macs a quarter, which isn't a lot compared to an iPhone. So maybe they should just give up that product and concentrate on stuff with higher volumes. Of course, the basic thing that I would say is, okay, so we have, what, 70, 80 million Mac users. What are they supposed to do? Why would Apple give up this product line? It doesn't make sense, even just for iOS development. Yeah, analysts talk about the non-iPhone part of Apple as if it's insignificant. It's bigger than Google. I mean, the amount of money that they make is tremendous. And Apple's Mac business and its iPad business are kind of roughly similar. I think they're both making like $50 billion. And they sell in different quantities. The iPad is a higher volume, lower revenue product. And the Mac is a higher priced product that sells in lower quantities. But all those products are fulfilling whatever demand there is. And Apple is very fluidly moving around and saying, where is demand shifting? What do people want to do? How mobile do they want to be? And Macs have moved from being a desktop computer to being a laptop. And now, even though there's more people using Macs, there's even more people using iOS devices and iPads. And of course, every, almost everybody has a phone now. And Apple has tremendous market share in terms of phones, which is incredible because Apple's selling their iPhone at an average price nearly $700, well above $600. And the average selling price of everybody else's phone is closer to $200. And that's incredible that Apple has such tremendous market share when they're selling a product that costs so much more than everybody else's product. That doesn't seem to be possible, but they're doing it because they're making a product that people see value in. The same reason that, you know, people buy you know, even a product like Coke, you know, people buy Coca-Cola. They don't necessarily buy store brand products, but, you know, a lot of people do buy store brand products, but Coke is still making money. Well, I used to know somebody who was a real aficionado about Coca-Cola. He knew, you can tell pretty much the difference in taste between Coke and Pepsi and the imitation colas that stores used to sell, but most restaurants now will give you either Coke or Pepsi. And if he got something that was one of these third-party imitation colas, he would freak and say, this is not Coca-Cola or this is not Pepsi. And I could tell the difference because there is a distinct taste difference. Now, in terms of store-bought merchandise, what you see a lot of times now is something that's similar, so similar that most people won't notice the difference. So, for example, some of the best blades available are Gillette Fusions, but they're very expensive. So now Walmart has something which they say is similar to Fusion, razors, disposables. And to me, they're just as good, but they cost half as much. 
Yeah, there's a lot of examples of commodity products. If you look at entire industries like televisions, there's a lot of people that will buy any brand if it's inexpensive and it's the size they want because they care about the size. They don't, they're maybe not so concerned about exactly the technology behind it or, you know, features or whatever, because it's like, it's a television. I'm just going to be watching a picture. There's some people that want to buy a specific brand to get a specific experience, but in general, you know, a TV is kind of a TV. Well, the thing is also is that you have manufacturers using generic components. So for example, displays are sourced by the same companies. The same companies supply displays for different manufacturers. Other parts are consistent. And I talked a little bit with Kyle Weens of iFixit.com about this, where, say, a power supply might be used in a number of models from different companies. So really, the actual differences in TV sets may be about some custom thingies in the electronics that may or may not be so different. But if you go to your local store and you look at 10 different 55-inch flat panel TVs, say an Ultra HD 4K, I mean, it's going to be hard to tell the difference unless you're really an expert and you use measurements and all that nonsense. Those are the products that Apple isn't in because what Apple does, I mean, a lot of people recognize that Apple makes good hardware and and a lot of people like Apple's software, but really what Apple is is a platform company. They develop platforms and that's what they really like. And there's been this discussion recently about, oh, Apple's apps are slipping. Apple has never been a tremendously interested in making great apps. They've bought a couple apps that are, you know, considered to be very good. Things like Logic and uh, Final Cut Pro. You know, their iWork apps are like pretty good. There's some flaws. But Apple is not considered to be the most incredible app developer. And Mac OS X is always shipped with apps that are complete garbage. And they're just not fixed. And they just don't, I don't even understand why they're bundled. Because they're kind of an embarrassment. But... Apple is not a software developer. They're not battling Google for who can make the best Maps app. They're battling Google for who has control of the platform because that's what's important. And they've won Google in the platform. And whether or not they have all the same features as Google's app doesn't matter because you can download Google's app if you want to use it on an iPhone. But what Apple's doing is making sure that developers in iOS have the tools that come from Apple that Apple controls and Apple can chart the course of its own platform because platforms is the experience that Apple's creating in combination with third-party developers. The thing to bear in mind here is Apple gives you a collection of apps that are decent. Maybe not the best of class, but decent enough for most people to say, okay, that's fine. I'll use that. And if it really bothers you, you go to the App Store and you download something else. And that's it. If you don't like Apple Maps, which is getting better and better all the time, you say Google Maps is still the Mercedes-Benz or BMW of mapping applications. Get that. Because... Google wants to succeed on the iOS platform, so they keep making it better. Daniel Aaron Dilger, where do we find more of your stuff? I write for a roughly drafted, not very often, <laughs> but um, I'm mainly on uh, Apple Insider, and I'm on Twitter at Daniel Aaron, E-R-A-N. Daniel, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey there, Night Out listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com tech. That's RoboForm.com tech.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're You're fired. fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're You're fired. fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Are you looking to sell body armor? Want to make extra money selling body armor at your local gun shows? With low minimum buys and great returns, KD Armor is the answer. Make money in your spare time. It's American-made body armor with the quickest turnaround in the industry, which means you get your product when you need it at very competitive rates. And they'll ship it to you for free. If you own a business, give them a call today at 855-488-KATY. That's 855-488-2284. Or go to katyarmor.com. Come and take it. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. 
We have Rob Pegarero, whose writings are found at USA Today and also Yahoo Tech and other places. Obviously, the number one topic being dealt with in the media when it comes to technology is Apple versus the FBI over this iPhone 5C. They want Apple to develop a new operating system to crack, as they say. So what's the latest this weekend? A lot of technology companies are lining up on Apple's side. They're filing uh, amicus briefs, essentially saying, hey, courts, we think Apple has a point. Here's why. This is a big problem, not just for Apple, but for our entire industry, Uh, which is a little surprising because at first there was a certain amount of radio silence. Edward Snowden himself was saying Google could have said something, but they've remained silent. That's your answer. Well, two hours later, Google CEO said, you know, we support Apple and they've signed on and pretty much every technology company you can think of, Yahoo, Reddit, eBay. Uh, as usual, it's a lot of the telcos, which remember, these were the among the last companies to issue transparency reports, inventorying government requests for their customers' data. They, uh, you get the sense they'd rather talk about something else. Well, first of all, we had what appeared to be a statement in favor of the government from Bill Gates, then he walked it back. Is he a little bit out of touch these days? I would say not. I mean, he's doing a lot of really great philanthropic work, but it sounds like he was a little misquoted. Uh, The important thing is, you know, he doesn't run Microsoft. Satya Nadella does, and Microsoft has been pretty, they've been pretty good on civil liberties grounds overall. I can't find a whole lot to complain about there. Okay, so let's look at the nuance here. Obviously, the cable TV talking heads want to get in their two cents, but they don't seem to understand what's really going on or the consequences. Yeah. I mean, first of all, at the start, I'll admit this looked like the government had found a pretty good case. The actual owner of the phone is the school district, not the killer. And they said, yes, please unlock it. The FBI was not asking for the actual key, which Apple cannot produce, merely to Force, forcibly transplant a software patch that would undo the the 10 tries and you're out automatic erase feature so they can then brute force it. Essentially, let them try to pick the lock, which is legal enough. Since then, we found out that for whatever reason, the FBI told the local cops, reset the iCloud password, which meant there was no chance to get one last backup of iCloud data. Second of all, there was an older iCloud backup, so we're only talking about 44 days worth of data. Yeah, the question is, there's not a whole lot of data you're likely to get at all. Uh, and third hand, or maybe fourth hand we're up to at this point, it turns out that this is not just a one-off. They're the, the district attorney of New York would like a lot of other, I think it's 120 or so, he'd like to have unlocked on the same basis. So initially this seemed like a, a special snowflake of a recipe that Apple would do on its own premises and would throw away the code, would never be done again. But precedent matters. So if this happens once, it will happen again and again. And the thing here is that once that came out, that it wasn't a one-off, the government's position didn't look so good. Yeah. In a sense, how it looks in the court of public opinion doesn't matter because it's in the actual court. (laughs) And unless you get it to the Supreme Court, judges are not going to pay too much attention to how they look. And so in this case, it depends. The the judge here has to decide. And of course, this would get, get, get appealed. Is this the government asking for an unreasonable effort? Uh, the law in question is the All Writs Act, which dates to the 18th century. And it's essentially, it's kind of a catch-all provision that if there's some situation where the existing law doesn't provide clear guidance, the court can say, well, yes, this is what the law means. So you have to do that. Bear in mind, I'm not a lawyer, but many of my best friends are. 
So is this unreasonable? Is, is the, the government asking too much of Apple to sort of write custom software? I think you can, you can make a very good case that it is. Uh, if the judge rules that, no, this is reasonable, obviously Apple will appeal again, which I guess is the other reality. And no matter what, nothing is coming off this phone anytime soon. It's going to get appealed over and over. It could go all the way up to the Supreme Court, which <laughs> you could get a 4-4 verdict. And then I guess the, the last court to rule that, that ruling stands, but doesn't actually set a precedent. Now, a similar request was turned down by a magistrate judge in New, in New York. York. Yes. Now, does the judge, therefore, who's hearing this particular Apple case involving the FBI, use that as a basis to make her own decision? Could. Um, if that's not how it works, then that makes the case for an appeal stronger, and it does make it more likely to sort of go up the chain of courts. But it's hard to say. This is not, you know, things have come together in this weird intersecting matter. The other part being that this is an iPhone 5C where the security is a little weaker than on any newer iPhone. You know, if this had come up with an iPhone 6, the the feds could have said, you know what, you know, maybe there's a way to unlock it or sort of disable this timeout. But it would be harder. And we might have, the feds might have said, it's not worth it. We'll, we'll try to go after this some other way. Okay, now here's another issue to consider here. And that is, this is a work phone owned by San Bernardino County. Yes. Now, wouldn't they have Apple's mobile device control system to kind of, number one, restrict what apps can be installed on it and keep tabs of what it's being used for? Yes, the, the magic abbreviation here is MDM, Mobile Device Management. It seems like that wasn't the case because, yeah, if it was, the, they could have remotely unlocked it. But, yeah, lots of offices, they don't use all the tools available to them. And in, in any case, the, no matter what, we're going to have another case. If this case hadn't come up, if the phone had been protected with, not protected, managed remotely by the employer, you would have had some other case where the cops would have found a phone that they couldn't unlock and they would have said, hey, Apple, help us out. Apple would say, we can't. And somebody would have said, okay. What about this? So this is this is a situation that was going to come up sooner or later, and it's just kind of our dumb luck that it's come up in an election year when we can argue about it in debates and in uh, editorials and on TV talk shows. Well, the other thing here is that they're using this terrorist attack as an excuse. That's yes. the best excuse they can find. Of all the possible cases, well, drugs, I don't know. But we've got radicalized individuals killing innocent people that's the case that's the test case yeah and obviously anytime terrorism is mentioned you know we're supposed to stop thinking and start being afraid and I, I try to not get in the habit of doing that well we're getting into the politics there we're getting back to the patriot act which was passed probably under the same circumstances be afraid be very afraid let's have you give up a few of your freedoms so we make you less afraid. Yes. And of course, that has now been walked back considerably by the USA Freedom Act, which did away with some of the worst parts of the, the Patriot Act. Also, I'm kind of thinking here, and we'll get off this topic in a moment. I'm thinking here that Apple is very busy developing updates to firmware, to the software, to make it impossible for them to come back in and develop a backdoor. Well, we can't do it because the software doesn't allow it, and the government can't order them to develop specific software. 
And that's another big argument about this. Can they say, okay, you got to develop software that basically defeats your security? Yeah. Now, let me do our break. We have Rob Pegarero, and we're talking Apple, FBI, and all that stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack and was told I'd be on disability for the rest of my life. What did I do? I created Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendovite. Don't know what's in your drinking water? Better get a ProPure. With the Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one filter, remove over 200 contaminants, including fluoride and lead. Taste water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure water filtration products. There's a ProPure system for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details on our current free shipping special or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. You pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason! Jason! Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! 
interact with the hosts you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with a host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So that's another argument, Rob Pegarero, that Apple has been using, which is freedom of speech. Yes, can you be compelled to write code that does a certain thing? Right. Yeah, and the other part, of course, it's not like the government can't write its own code. The restriction here is someone has to sign the code. Now, I wouldn't rule out the NSA or perhaps other intelligence agencies around the world having found some way to spoof Apple signing key and get their own software on it. Remember, this is a phone in physical possession of the police. Uh, the argument is if if the U.S. government makes Apple do this, other governments will do the same. I would say that if your phone has fallen into the custody of the Chinese or the Russians – you should probably assume the data on it is going to be compromised anyways. You, know, you also have of- to wonder here, you've got the NSA. Shouldn't the NSA be smart enough? Shouldn't they have a staff of ethical hackers, quote unquote, who might try to find other ways of doing this without calling on Apple? They might, but, you know, the NSA is by statute not supposed to be looking at what Americans do. If they have certain things in the toolbox it would be unwise for them to hand over everything they use to the FBI because then everyone else will know what they can do. So they have their own reasons for not sharing everything they can do. And I'm okay with the police not having all the investigative powers and tools of the National Security Agency. My end opinion about this is this is a work phone. They destroyed their own personal phones, these terrorists. They would not be stupid enough to put anything incriminating on a work phone knowing their employer had the chance of recovering the phone or maybe would be able to access that information. It doesn't make any logical sense to me. I don't know. You know, they're, if they were concerned about covering their tracks, I mean, you should not use the phone at all because no matter what you do, your wireless carrier knows exactly where you've been. Otherwise, they can't provide you service. Well, there is that to consider. In any case, there was a comment here, by the way, from... The former Secretary of Homeland Security, Michael Chertoff, and he... He's very pro-encryption these days. He said the iPhone override is the software equivalent of a biological weapon. This is from Michael Chertoff, former head <laughs> of Homeland Security. All right, let's move beyond that and talk about other subjects. There's a rumor, of course, that you've heard, and Recode repeated that story, so therefore we can probably believe it because the story was authored by... Kara Swisher, who is obviously well-connected with Apple. There will be an Apple media event the week of the 21st of March, where they are rumored to introduce a new iPad and 
a four-inch iPhone. So why do we need a four-inch iPhone? They already have one in the lineup, the iPhone 5S from 2013. It's one of those, I don't know, we call them remainders or something, the cheapest phone they offer. So do you think there's a need for a brand new, up-to-date, smaller iPhone? Yes. Uh, This is something I hear from a lot of people they would actually like to have. And it's one area where, for whatever reason, Android vendors are no longer interested in competing in. I spent a week at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona two weeks ago. Did not see a single U.S. market phone with a screen below five inches. Uh, These days, 5 to 5.2, that is a small phone. That's your entry-level size. And it's usable one-handed. But if you've been used to, like, an iPhone 4S, you're going to find that enormous and awkward. Big screen phones, they're no longer getting as big as they used to be, but 5.5 to 5.7 inches is very common. So therefore, the 4.7-inch iPhone is considered small. Yes, and that used to be huge. I remember when I got a 4.7-inch phone a few years ago, and it was a little adaptation to get the hang of, you know, making sure my thumb could reach the various corners of the screen when I was using it one-handed. And so I think if Apple does come out with a four-inch phone, something like that, they'll probably sell a lot of them. And it'll also certainly be a little bit cheaper. The battery life could be better, depending on how they can package in a battery behind a smaller screen that draws less current. We'll see. So in theory, we've heard different versions. It could be basically an iPhone 6 form factor, just scaled down with a smaller display and similar parts. Yeah, I mean, there's been speculation. The name, it could be called the iPhone 4SE or SE. As as the former owner of a Mac SE, I really hope it's called the iPhone SE. And obviously, a year later, they can produce a a souped-up version of it called the iPhone SE 30. Let's see how many of your listeners get that ancient reference. Oh, please, please. Well, yeah, I've heard 5SE. I've heard 6C. But I can see this being a fairly decent seller, Obviously, people want the smaller iPhone. My wife runs around with these tiny, tiny purses, and she has an iPhone 5C. And I can upgrade her to an iPhone 6, not a 6S, but a 6, and get it fairly cheap as things go in terms of monthly payments. But she'd have an awful time getting that thing to fit into her purse. Yep. And a lot of people realize this. One of our close friends of the show, Kirk McElhern, who writes for Macworld. He's the iTunes guy. Sure, you know Kirk. He's a cool guy from New York who lives in the UK now. And he bought an iPhone 6 and returned it and kept his iPhone 5S because it was comfortable for him. Now he had to buy an iPhone 6S because it's a technology. He has to keep up with it. But I would definitely bet, and I think I'd win the case, that the very day... This new iPhone comes out. If it comes out, he'd be first on the line to get one. And this is a situation here where obviously iPhone sales are reaching a saturation point. The increase was barely an increase the last quarter. This could turn things around. Apple's hitting a market that's no longer being served. Right. On the other hand, I mean, it would make sense that at a certain point, the smartphone sales have to slow down. Each new one is not a huge advance. You know, Samsung's Galaxy S7, S7 Edge, they're nice phones. I like them. I think they're better than last year's phones. But if you have a Galaxy S6, S6 Plus, whatever. I lost track. There's 75 of them. So, yes. Uh, You know, you can probably find better ways to burn your computing budget on than buying a new phone every year. Now, I saw some surveys a while back suggesting that a little over half 
of the people who buy smartphones upgrade every two years. But that meant that some 40 some odd percent would wait either until the phone stops working or, you know, it doesn't run the current operating systems, the current software. You know, they, they run it into the ground. They basically keep it running till it drops. And of course, with a smartphone, it's getting a lot of abuse being carried around. So I figure, therefore, is that the upgrade cycle is going to pretty much move slowly towards three years. I think so. I mean, it breaks in a little bit. A while back, the uh, Roger Entner, a pretty good analyst of the industry, said a third of the people upgrade their phone every year. A third upgrade every two years. A third when it breaks, which could be three years, four years, depending on how much you baby it or how careless you are with it. Uh, the other factor is, of course, most people these days are actually paying the full price. Contracts are not entirely dead. Sprint, Sprint is weird. So first week of January, they quietly killed off the contract plans they had with handset subsidies, which in some cases would have actually saved you money. No notice, but they're gone. I thought, well, great. This simplifies the math for everyone. You're paying the real price. There's no more market-distorting prices. Two weeks ago, they bring it back, also with no notice, except in this case, they're much worse. If you wanted to buy an iPhone 6 under contract, yes, you would get the $200 price up front, but you would pay 25 bucks more each month. The result being at the end of two years, you would have paid $800 for a $650 iPhone. Yes, Sprint thinks some of its customers are bad at math. But anyways, that's a separate rant. So when you're paying the full price of the phone, you know, do you want to spend $600 every year? I don't. Every two years, that's manageable. But if you your phone keeps on working fine and, and it gets current security updates, why not keep it around for two and a half, three years? And Apple is helping that process because iOS 9 supports an iPhone 4S, which is what, 2011? I mean, maybe it doesn't uh, yes, give you great yes. shakes in September performance, but Apple is doing that. And I think a lot of, of course, is the lock-in. So they don't want to abandon these people because maybe they won't buy a larger iPhone now. Maybe they can't afford to, but they stay there because they know they're being supported. And when it's time for them to buy a new phone, they will. Hey, we have Rob Pegarero here. He writes for USA Today and Yahoo Tech and other places. We're talking about the rumor of a four-inch iPhone that may come later this month. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so let's just sum this up pretty quickly. There is obviously a need for a four inch iPhone. Overall, this could mean that iPhone sales can continue to climb for a while. But as you say, this is reaching a saturation point. Look look what's happened to iPad sales. So we're getting to a point here in terms of the iPad that either reaches saturation point or the use case for a tablet is not as well defined. 
It's a consumption device, I guess. They're trying to make it into a productivity device with the iPad Pro. But don't you think its use case is more muddled? Especially now if we have the larger smartphones where, hey, we got five and a half inches, maybe we have six inches. Why do we need a tablet? Yeah, I don't get that. I think the tablet does have a useful middle ground to play. I mean, the iPad is, you know, when I wake up, of course, I'll look at my phone, see what's new on there. But if I want to do any extended reading, I'll do that. I do not have the laptop next to me. You know, I, I don't think I am some kind of ball of contradictions that I have this device in my pocket pretty much at all times that is my primary communications device. I have this tablet, which is great to carry around. I will do a lot of reading. I'll take a lot of notes. I've typed in more than enough words in Evernote on this thing. And it's certainly great for like watching a movie or whatever. You know, to the extent that I can take vacations and not do any work, I'll take the iPad and not the laptop. But when I've got to crank out a lot of words, then it's time to grab something with an actual physical keyboard. You see, that's the big deal. That's the big problem here. And that is you can do some work on an iPad and maybe more so with one of these keyboards, like the smart keyboard on the iPad Pro. But there's a point there where it doesn't work so well. There's a point there where you got to go back to a notebook. It doesn't make the case. The PC market tries to make the case with the convertible, which becomes a clunky touch screen and a fairly normal notebook. But that doesn't do tremendously well, does it? I don't know. I like the concept of the convertible. I think PC manufacturers are onto something that Apple is choosing not to think is interesting because when you're bringing around a laptop, I mean, the first convertibles, and I remember this was going back to like 2000 or so. These were like Windows XP devices. So it would have been 2001. Uh, Really heavy, clunky things, not great battery life. Now with solid state drives, these things are very light and compact. I need to buy a new Windows laptop. This sad ThinkPad on the floor is resenting my neglect of it. Uh, The next one is going to be some kind of convertible because, yeah, you're on a plane, you just want to watch a movie. I don't want the keyboard in the way. Um, It's going to be a more pleasant viewing experience for just a lot of basic reading and even some basic writing. That's a good option. And with Apple, it's not. You have to have the whole thing open. It's taken up the whole tray table on the airplane. So is Apple going to be forced to go there after saying you can't combine a refrigerator and a toaster oven? (laughs) Probably not, because Apple has a long history of saying, no, boring, not going to do it. (laughs) It's just Apple being Apple. You never know. For a long time, they said, there's no market for a smaller iPad. It's got to be full, you know, 10-inch size. And what do you know? The iPad I bought is the iPad mini, and now the iPad mini 4. Hard to say never, say never. There's a lot of things Apple has done that they said they wouldn't do, but they've spent a great many years ignoring the single biggest shift in mobile computing on the PC side. So what do you think Apple's going to do with the iPad at this point? Obviously, the iPad Pro painted a picture of something that is more suited for production and with the Apple Pencil content creators. So do we think, therefore, there will be a 9.7-inch iPad Pro-type device now coming later this month? I could see that. But again, this is getting, remember, there used to be this simple product grid. Now we're getting back to the days, you know, I, I guess a smaller iPad Pro would be like the uh, the Performa to its centris. <laughs> Here's some more old Mac trivia. So, yeah, I don't know. The iPad Pro is, has, does not have any appeal to me because by the time you spend the money to make it into a writing machine, you've bought yourself a MacBook Air that can run this much broader selection of programs, has an actual file system. Uh, you know, connects to other devices. 
No, don't don't need uh, the iPad Pro experience. We had one here for about a month with the Apple Pencil. And I worked with it. I did not like the smart keyboard because it didn't have a very smart spacebar. And I kept missing the spacebar. And I find this on certain keyboards. It is not well designed as a keyboard. I don't think I'm alone with that. I don't know if you've had a chance to play with it. Supposedly, not enough time. (laughs) Supposedly, the smaller iPad, which may be called an iPad Pro 2, will also have a similar keyboard, only smaller. Still, I have tried these accessory iPad keyboards, and I can't think of any one of them that I really felt comfortable using. They don't feel like a real keyboard. It's not to say that I don't like a keyboard with very slight springiness. I'm talking about like the MacBook. I think the keyboard is well-designed. A similar philosophy is used with the latest Apple Magic Keyboard. And I like the Apple Magic Keyboard. It's my second favorite keyboard, except, of course, for a Matthias keyboard. But that's another story. Right. But it doesn't feel comfortable to me when it's for a tablet. They don't make them right. Yeah. And with any tablet, you have issues like it's the keyboard is going to be sort of an awkward fit if you're typing on your lap, like the the original cover keyboard for the first Microsoft Surface, really just not pleasant at all to type on that because it just moved around too much. And by the time you've developed some sort of rigid keyboard that doesn't flex in your lap, you're kind of on your way to making a convertible laptop. So we have maybe this halfway solution, which may be an issue, but it's also possible here that Apple will continue to make more impact in the business market with iPads. And secondly, people who bought the first or second generation iPads will say, you know what, maybe now it's time to buy a new one. And that will fuel, shall we say, less erosion of sales or a sales increase. What do you think? Well, I mean, I I guess I'm an example. I bought the first uh, iPad mini. I actually bought it for a review thinking, well, you know, it was going to be easier to buy it from the Apple store than to try to wheedle one out of Apple PR. Yes, we know how that feels. Yes. (laughs) Try it out. And it was actually at the very same time I was was reviewing the Microsoft Surface, same situation. Microsoft PR was being a pain. So I'm like, the Microsoft store and the Apple store don't have restock fees. Uh, I've got no other choice, so I'll buy it. And I figured I'd return one of them. Didn't take long with the service to decide that, nope, this is not for me. So back to the Microsoft store. It went, uh, and the iPad I kept. And I kept that around. I finally replaced it with an iPad Mini 4. I was essentially waiting for two things. One was for the iPad Mini to get Touch ID unlocking, which if you use your iPad to read recipes, is great. it's great as long as you keep one of your thumbs clean of like whatever butter or flour, whatever you're cooking with. Fantastic innovation right there. And the other was the better camera that was on the full-sized iPad, which is why I skipped the third-gen iPad iPad mini and waited until the mini four came out. Then it was an easy call. I'm like, take my money, Apple. Actually, it was Best Buy. They had a sale. All right. Well, I'm getting confused by the model designations. Not as bad as Samsung, but who knows? Rob Pegarero, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me at USA Today. I do a weekly column there, mostly Q&A, sometimes covering events like NWC. Yahoo Tech, I write about a variety of policy issues. I've also been doing a lot of writing at the Wirecutter lately. We just updated our guide to the four big wireless carriers. So if you've been trying to make some sense out of AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, and T-Mobile's offerings, check that out as well. And I'm on Twitter as at Rob Pegarero. He had a large mainframe computer to help him figure out those contracts 
from those wireless providers, I bet. I'm kidding. My head still hurts from the effort. Yes, I can tell. I sent him virtually some Advil through the Thank Skype you. connection. We could find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Also, look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the red plaid shirt. He's probably me. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this week over at Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com, we have a listener roundtable. Some really smart listeners to the show get together and talk stuff. We have a special feature of this show called Tech Night Out Plus. To learn more about it, go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show for a modest subscription rate and more stuff coming, plus.technightowl.com. And we welcome aboard one of our new sponsors, RoboForum. Welcome to the show. Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.